Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our latest DNP quick take here on the Dynamic Nonprofits feed. And uh, today we are going to tackle um, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is direct mail. Now, as you know, uh, if you're a frequent listener, uh, we don't have a preference or an agenda between direct mail or digital. Uh, my philosophy towards fundraising is very non-ideological. I believe in going to where the donors are and giving them the options that they're looking for to donate. And that's always going to be a little bit different for every organization, depending on what your mission is, who your target demographics are. But I do think it's important um, to uh, address macro facts in fundraising because it's it's a personal opinion of mine is that there are a lot of organizations out there that are doing wonderful work um, digitally on social media that maybe are growing uh, a young a younger donor base um, that are doing tremendous work out there that are missing the boat big time by not having direct mail programs either because they think it's culturally not a fit or demographically not a fit or they think it's too expensive. Whatever the reason is, um, you know, I think people are more fluid than ever between channels, and there's a lot of data coming out that even um, millennials and Gen Z are responsive and put a lot of um, a lot of credence in in print as being a respected format and are responsive to it. So I do think it's important to have these discussions. That not only is uh, direct mail not dead or dying, it still is the powerhouse in the fundraising sector in terms of raising money. And um, that's why I'm really appreciative of this article that I came across in Nonprofit Pro's uh, e-newsletter. This was from July 7th, and it was written by Alicia Lifrank. And um, Alicia uh, is writes and addresses this uh, from uh, the standpoint of debunking three key myths about direct mail. And I'm um, going to uh, read through some of her points now and also kind of uh, extrapolate at a little bit of, of my feedback. But it really is a great article. And I'm always happy to see articles like this out in the industry because um, direct mail does stand on its own when you look at the numbers, when you look at the scale, when you look at the quality of the donors that it produces. Um, but um, there are a lot of misconceptions out there, and I think it's, it's important for direct mail fundraisers to advocate for the medium so that we can reach across and try to bridge the gap with digital fundraisers, um, not to displace digital, but to try to figure out ways that they can work better together to create a better experience for the donor, which ultimately is going to uh, raise more money for nonprofits and um, I believe have a, a more prosperous sector. But let's dig into uh, Alicia's points here. Um, she starts off with myth number one, direct mail is dead. Uh, we just talked about that now. Um, she writes, direct mail generates more than 80% of direct marketing revenue when compared by channel. It is the single largest source of direct marketing revenue for fundraising by a long shot. Why is it so effective? It can be very, it can very accurately targets and personalizes to your audience. Approaches can be effectively measured and tested, and there is a much longer shelf life, six to eight weeks, as a call to action than other channels. So let's dig into that a little bit. Now, first, uh, the number she's citing comes from uh, Blackboard's uh, 2017 charitable giving report, and it compares um, fiscal year 2016 versus 17 numbers. And in 2017, direct mail 
accounted for actually 85% of fundraising revenue. Um, it was 81% in 2016, so actually up in 2017. Um, just taking a look here at the uh, the different uh, channels. Uh, email is at ele- email slash web is at 11%. Um, then we have telemarketing, 1.45%. Uh, member services, 1.3%. And endowment slash list rentals at 0.73%. So again, not to put down any of these other mediums, they all have their strengths, they all have their target audiences, they all have donors which want to respond to those mediums. Um, I, I, I think the story here is that organizations should be looking at each of these channels and playing to their individual strengths as opposed to trying to pick one or the other, uh, or one over the other. So let's dig into a couple of these points because I think they're all uh, excellent Um and, and fundamental to why direct mail is effective and why it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, the part that about it being accurately targeted is, is one that I don't think we talk enough about because if you're a direct mail fundraiser, if you're a broker, if you work at an agency, this is all kind of just fundamental stuff. But we have to really understand that if you don't work on that side, you may not have a full understanding about how direct mail works. So a lot of times what I still hear from the digital side is that direct mail is spray and pray. Um, now, it is true that the model of direct mail can work with, with relatively low response rates, but um, the fact is that one of the key uh, things which distinguishes direct mail is that you have the ability to target donors based on RFM and much more, which we'll go into. And that's not something that you can do on Facebook or um, not with a lot of scale, at least via email, is actually target high propensity donors that are donating to like-minded causes. Um, It's such a powerful thing. And that is where the scale of direct mail comes in that, you know, for all kinds of different markets, you have millions of names, sometimes maybe tens of millions of names that are responsive to like-minded causes or uh, people who have affinity, who are donors within the last 12 months. And, and that is a really powerful indicator for whether or not they're going to be responsive to your cause. And that type of scale of being able to reach like-minded, proven donors is not something that has been replicated on the digital side yet. So that's something that's important to keep in mind when we talk about um, comparing um, costs of direct, of direct mail versus uh, digital is that you can definitely put together numbers and case studies where email or digital fundraising may have a lower net cost per donor, but what the missing component there is the scale of direct mail and the ability to very quickly and robustly build out a program um, by sending to people who you know are proven donors. And with modeling, it's even much more powerful than that because you're talking about um, response models that are built using hundreds or thousands of different weighted variables uh, to find audiences. So, um, you know, even if direct mail, um, even if RFM was not quite as powerful um, in the last few years and you needed a more targeted approach, which is always the appeal of digital is that you can personalize and you can micro-target audiences. Um, Co-op models really change all of that because now you are 
targeting a very a very highly targeted audience based on all kinds of different variables and and again those models have a lot of scale with them as well so the targeted nature of direct mail is never something that should be underplayed um same thing with personalization i mean direct mail personalization has come a long way with things like digital printing so there's um, a much more personal approach that is reachable for a lot of organizations than there was even a few years ago. So that's something that direct mail shouldn't necessarily concede to digital either is the personalization aspect. The other thing to keep in mind when looking at these numbers about allocation by channel is that direct mail drives other activity. That was one of the big findings in the famous American Cancer Society study where they actually stopped doing direct mail for a period of time. I believe it was uh, almost at least a year. They had to cut it short because they found that um, that direct mail was a big driver of people who signed up to do walks. So we know that direct mail drives other activity and um, organizations that have actually tried to match back their online donors to their direct mail files, if they have robust direct mail programs, do find that a percentage of online activity is generated from people that get a mail piece and go online. So um, that is important to look, uh, keep in mind when we're thinking about this allocation. And that's not to take away from online. And, and I want to be really clear about that, that when I talk about um, allocating these donations which show up uh, online from the mail to another channel. It's not trying to take credit for it, but I think if anything, it makes the case that we need more collaboration. We need an unsiloed approach because if your organization has a significant amount of uh, online donations that are coming from direct mail, and I've heard numbers anywhere from 10 to 30% of online activity can be linked back to direct mail. It varies, obviously, by organization and the scope of your DM program. But uh, that makes the case to me about looking for more collaboration and testing landing pages for optimization from a direct mail audience, um, looking to optimize the landing page content for the direct mail content that's being sent out so those messages are synced up, or maybe even using... Um, uh, using um, a custom URLs uh, for your direct mail campaigns. I, I know of a couple agencies that are doing that, which makes it obviously a lot easier to track back that revenue. So uh, direct mail does drive other uh, channels on its own, though, still accounts for a huge amount of the fundraising bigger picture. But um, I think there could be other, um, even more, uh, more revenue indirectly attributed to direct mail. And it's not just online donations. When you get into things like donor advised funds and things like that, you know, it, it's always worth matching back that data if you can to find out if somebody's getting a direct mail piece and that's inspiring them to send a, a donor advised fund gift or through any other channel as well. But let's get into myth number two because those themes tie nightly, nicely together. Myth number two is donors prefer to give online and here, uh, Alicia cites the figure um, that online giving as a percentage of total fundraising is only 8.7%, according to Blackboard's 2019 charitable giving report. While that figure is growing, it is not doing so at an exceptionally fast rate, given that it represented represented 7% of total giving in 2012. That's a really good point, because um, in the early years of online giving, it was it was growing at such a pace that it seemed like it, uh, the assumption might have been that it would be a much bigger piece of the fundraising 
puzzle um, at this point. So it does seem that that growth is uh, decelerating a little bit. Additionally, according to Blackboard's 50 fascinating philanthropy stats, 32% of online donors will make next year's gift offline. Now, isn't that interesting? Um, that to me speaks to how crucial it is to have a uh, an unsiloed approach to your fundraising program because donors are more fluid than ever. Consumers are more fluid than ever. I mean, think about the way you might ping between going to physical retail stores and responding online or um, direct mail or, or the way that you respond to direct mail. So um, this has been the case for a very long time, but it's so crucial right now to get out of the mindset of online donors versus direct mail. The, the first overlay that I saw on this kind of data uh, was well over 10 years ago, and uh, it had a couple clients which looked at uh, names which were generated online versus the mail. And, and we were all surprised to find out that while they were a little bit younger, it was only about t 10 years or so. So there isn't, that told us there wasn't a huge difference demographically between these people. And a lot of organizations have found that um, online donors should be incorporated into direct mail program because um, online donors are um, very good at becoming multi-channel donors because they will give to mail and they will still occasionally give online. So that's really the value that I see in online giving by bringing people into the ecosystem through online is that then you can introduce them to mail and you can cultivate multi-channel donors who instead of picking one channel or another will kind of ping back, back and forth between the mediums. And the data does show that if people give through multiple channels, they do end up giving more overall. Um, goes on to say, demographically speaking, those who tend to give tend to respond to direct mail, boomers age 49 to 67 represent 43% of total giving and 40% gave in response to a direct mail solicitation. The matures age 68 plus represent 26% of total giving and 52% gave in response to a direct mail solicitation. Meanwhile, Generation Y represents 11% of total giving, and Generation X represents 20% of giving. These younger audiences are important to cultivate, and utilizing a multi-channel approach is imperative to start building on this new audience. But you can't stop fishing where the fish are in the meantime. If nearly 70% of your donors demonstra demonstrate a preference for direct mail, you want that in your mix. And, and this is such an important point. Um, for planning fundraising. And again, I don't downplay the importance of things like live stream fundraising, utilizing Facebook and Instagram, other social media channels, even looking ahead to something like TikTok or uh, starting to experiment with voice donations. Especially with younger donors, I think it's going to be more important than ever to go to where they are and to give them these options. And you, you kind of have to work on both fronts. But to just say that technology is the answer to fundraising or that technology alone making a shift to digital is going to improve your fundraising operation, it's very important to realize what percentage of the revenue um, of donors uh, responsible for the majority of revenue are still responsive to direct mail. So you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
I mean, I encourage organizations and listen, uh, honestly, this is an issue with organizations that are built on direct mail, sometimes becoming a little bit more technologically savvy and seeing the importance of things like uh, content marketing and doing Facebook live videos because they have the opposite issue where a lot of these new and up and coming channels are not directly responsive to revenue, uh, responsible for revenue. So it's hard for them to get fully motivated to go all in on them. But if you're an organization that is doing really well with these emerging mediums, and, and there are organizations raising tens and hundreds of millions of dollars um, based on um, on mostly online donations, um, you're still leaving a lot of money on the table by not being in the mail. And if you're you think if you're not happy with your direct mail program. If you think the solution is to go digital, to go all in on technology and um, and everything that comes with it, um, you're going to be making a big mistake by uh, trying to wean your program off of direct mail because chances are um, you're not going to have the scale to replace it with digital. Again, this is why it is so critical to have an all of the above approach, put everybody um, under in the same room, have a big tent approach to your fundraising operation and look at these channels and utilize them to their strengths. And direct mail is still incredibly strong at being able to go and get donations from older, more affluent donors and um, you know, we may, we may even be discounting those direct mail numbers a little bit in the sense that if you look at all the direct-to-consumer companies out there that are millennial-focused, millennial all of them, whether you're talking about Harry's or Blue Apron or companies like that, they do use direct mail, but they use it to drive online activity. So we may be downplaying direct mail's importance with uh, Gen Z and Gen Y um, and, and millennials because... Um, we may not be thinking about it that way, but again, if you get a mail piece and it drives activity in another channel, they're still direct mail responsive. So uh, I think as we get more mature data about how younger donors utilize direct mail and how responsive they are to it, uh, we could even see direct mail having a renewed uh, renewed uh, set of importance for those younger donors. And the final myth, myth three, it's not the way our organization raises money and it's too late to start now. Uh, then it talks about the uh, rule developed by uh, Ed Mayer, the famous 40-40-20 famous rule that an effective direct response fundraising campaign comes down to three elements. 40% is audience, 40% is offer, 20% is creative. A targeted audience segmentation strategy within your organization's own database or through an external list purchase or rental paired with an effective, compelling ask will drive 80% of your success rate. Find a qualified data partner to assist you in your segmentation efforts. The goal is not to send more letters, but to send them to the right prospects and to make sure that you embrace direct mail best practices when it comes to copy and creative. Pretty doesn't typically win the day when it comes to successful gift procurement, but effective visuals and messaging that can resonate, can drive success and a return on investment. And that's where um, it really is a great point that um, a lot of times when organizations look at their mail program, if it's not where they want to be, if they're not getting the conversion rates that they want to get downstream or it's not generating enough revenue, they assume it's because uh, it's the medium. 
you know, direct mail is antiquated. People don't respond to mail anymore. That's what's wrong. And that's where, um, you know, they start to get into the mindset of, well, we need to go all in on digital. Well, the medium isn't broken, but how you're using it might be. And, and I really love how she talks about audience segmentation. And this is so important. I think it's an underutilized um, or it's an under discussed, uh, discussed point with direct mail is that how you mail, the types of lists that you mail, the types of packages you mail, all of these things um, will impact your downstream conversion. So if you're mailing to target a uh, high return on investment and you're not looking at lifetime value, that can impact your conversion rates. So in a lot of cases, a lot of organizations, when you hear um, that, uh, that retention rates are down, I think part of the issue is that organizations are mailing um, to make a back a certain return on investment, and they're not budgeting enough to look at, well, how much do we need to be spending to bring in donors who are retained? And a lot of, in a lot of cases, organizations would be better off spending more on direct mail, having a lower return on investment, but bringing in better quality donors. And that could be done through better list segmentation. Um, it could also be done through writing different types of packages. If you write a more institutional package, um, one that talks about your organization's history and its accomplishments and really drives on the value proposition of making a contribution, uh, that could be good for cultivating long-term donations. Um, if you're uh, focusing on single issues or engagement deck techniques such as surveys or petitions or um, you're not making a very institutional case if you're focusing on the issue itself, playing to sympathy, um, not more playing to emotions more so than um, the value of donating to the organization itself. You're bringing in people that are responsive to the issue, that are responsible to the engagement device, that are responsive to the technique. They're not responding to your organization. So these are all important things to look at. Uh, when looking at a direct mail program and deciding if it's effective, if it should be scaled back is, well, are you mailing uh, with the right creative and the right list strategy to reach your end goal? In a lot of cases, organizations are not, and um, they assume that uh, the medium itself is broken and they need to pull back from the mail because it's too expensive. In a lot of cases, um, it's actually not expensive enough because they're not making enough of a front-end investment to cultivate the kinds of people that are gonna come in and be loyal donors. But I really appreciate this piece by Alicia, and I appreciate um, all of the thought leaders in the direct mail space, and that's why I try to contribute to a lot from uh, from this platform and talking about the value of direct mail. And it's because, and I have a lot of empathy for people that work on the digital side of the industry that may just not be exposed to direct mail, it, it still is a big blind spot for a lot of people, and I'm empathetic to that. You know, again, you don't know what you don't know, what you're not exposed to, and and I think it's incumbent on us as direct mail fundraisers to make more of a positive case for direct mail. And again, it's not about competing with digital. That's not something I believe in at all, is this either or proposition, because uh, we're heading into, if we're not already there, a 12-channel-plus acquisition universe. It's not going to be sustainable for us all to compete with each other, but we can look for ways to work better together. And I do believe that if you talk about all of the new up-and-coming mediums, whether it's live stream fundraising or social media fundraising, uh, or even if you want to go to email fundraising, that all of these things work better if you're starting from a sound foundation 
of direct mail donors who uh, you can then um, engage through other channels and um, make them more valuable by providing them more value through other channels in addition to um, incrementally building, uh, bringing in... Um, bringing in donors exclusively through those mediums. So, so I really appreciate Alicia's article and debunking these three myths. And uh, I really do believe that by making the positive case for direct mail, we are in essence making the case for a unsiloed approach to fundraising.